you are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here. And good morning. Yes, you are indeed listening to Right On Radio. Why do we run a news thing that says you're going to get the truth here? Because we are breaking news by reading the book of Revelation. Because guess what? It's all going to happen. It certainly is breaking. We're breaking it ahead of time on some of these things. So, <laughs> yeah, and and according to some of the th- information that you've sent me this morning, Jesse, the uh, the next well, quite a number of shows are going to be uh, have a lot of revelation in them. Let's just say that. Yes, they do. It all connects, interconnects together. So <laughs> it, it does, and uh, you know, honestly, it, it's somewhat disturbing, Jesse, how excited you are to bring down the cabal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> I do get very passionate and excited about this. So <laughs> yeah. I get really revved up when the Lord gives me ammo. So, <laughs> well, and not only that, but you know, it just it, I don't think you'll mind me sharing. But right before we came online, you know, when the Lord reveals these things to you, He br- it brings back memories, and there's a lot of pain associated with those memories. So. You know, when you when you see evil being done, uh, you don't mind exposing it. No, and that's the whole purpose. You know, it's it's the crimes that are being committed along with it. And, you know, you get to that point where you're just like, no more. No more. I'm not going to sit by and watch people blindly, you know, allow these crimes to be committed against them, whether it's the devil, whether it's by other humans. Enough is enough. You know, it's time for the sons of God to step forward and to take our authority and the dominion that we've been given mm-hmm. and to execute judgment. So that's right. We are here for a reason, and that Amen. is to understand what God has called us to do uh, in these times. You know, we we are thankful that God is giving us revelation on all of these things and. You know, this, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a tribe, a community, an army that we are building here uh, in our togetherness and in our prayers and things like that, uh, we are going to make a huge difference in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, And then the best part is, is as we get into the end of this chapter, we find out how the Battle of Armageddon goes. Uh, spoil alert, not so good for the other side. Right. Spoil alert. (laughs) (laughs) And, and all of the Kings of this earth and the, um, and, and his minions that are executing these evil, these evil plans. We'll just see how good of a fight they put up to the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and we're not like, it's not supposed to be a mockery of them. But the Lord has already decreed that everything that the enemy has planned, his agenda, you know, to get all the gates open, to get into the heavenly throne, to usurp the throne of God, the Lord has already said, it's not going to happen. 
everything will be taken care of. This is, you know, think about that. The enemy's agenda is to get into heaven and usurp that throne. Where does the final battle take place? Where is the final judgment? It's on the earth. He doesn't even get his army through to the heavenly realms. He doesn't get to step foot in there with his army. The Lord's going to deal with it here on the earth and everything will be destroyed. And then his city comes down, you know, from heaven, the new city, the new earth makes all things new. You know, and that's such a great point. They don't even get up there. So when, when we're talking about CERN and opening up these portals and the, the plans of the enemy, well, again, spoiler alert. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like a little kid sometimes when I read the word of God, honestly, it's, it's, it's so exciting. And, you know, I, I couldn't help the childish feeling as I was studying yesterday and today for this, that, uh, mm-hmm. my dad's bigger than your dad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, let us pray. Heavenly father, we thank you for the privilege of uh, coming together, Lord, we thank you for the privilege of your word. We thank you for the accuracy of your word. We thank you that you've preserved your word. We thank you that you are the word and that your word is perfect. There is no mistake. There is nothing left out. Uh, it is absolutely perfect as you are. You are Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and we worship you, Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord and Savior. We thank you. Uh, that you've made a way for us to get to the Father, and we thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit that we are not alone here on this earth. Today, Lord, as we go through your word, uh, if we pray that revelation does go out and does sit in people's minds, and Lord, it makes a long-lasting impression and builds up faith for the days that we have ahead of us, Father God, we pray that your name be glorified. If we say anything that does not glorify your name, Lord, we pray that it falls off of the ears of anyone who is listening, Father, that it will not be retained, and Father, we welcome your correction, even in real time, uh, God, because you are capable of doing that. This is a privilege. It is a responsibility. We take it seriously, Lord. Uh, We do this in honor and in service of you. We pray that you bring the right people to hear this broadcast, Father, Uh, and we also pray that you expand our tent as we go forward, Father. We do pray uh, that you'll use us uh, as your force here on earth, Lord, walking in your authority to get more souls into the kingdom, for it is the Father's heart that none should perish, Father God. So we do pray for this all in the precious name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen, amen, and hallelujah. Amen. All right. Uh, This book is so good. (laughs) This one's very interesting. You know, we we talk about revelations, that it's a book of um, futuristic. It's revelations of things that are made to happen in the future. But what's interesting is that this particular chapter um, is you know, about proclaiming these hallelujahs and it leads way into um, the second half of it. Um, it just gets interesting, you know, it, it leads way into the only chapter in this book, which is chapter 21, where it literally is past tense. Yeah. We have a past tense book in a future big book, you know, or a past tense chapter in a future book. So 
it's kind of interesting. Yeah, so you know, the in the entirety of the book of Revelation, and we're going to get into timelines again today. I'm it's going to be somewhat repetitive, but I am so confident in my studies on this that I'm going to reinforce. Make were that are and is to come. Uh, so, you know, the things that were was, for instance, the letters to the churches. Those are ancient churches that are not around today, at least not on the surface of the earth. Um, and then we get to the things that are, um, and, you know, we're coming into some of those things right now. And then uh, when it says is come, for instance, when we talk about the, uh, the, the wedding, so it gives very precise timings. And that's what's uh, so encouraging when you study, uh, you know, the 70 weeks of uh, in Daniel, uh, the 70th week, uh, Matthew 24 is obviously probably the key, uh, you know, gospel recollection and revelation uh, that ties in with this. But there's so many more, including obviously Thessalonians 4 and everything. Everything lines up so perfectly in this. There is no mistake. God has not left us to wonder about these things, although not every mystery has been revealed. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone could figure out the depths of God's word in uh, in a lifetime. It just, mm -hmm. it's way, way too deep uh, when you get into it, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And Jesse, why don't you start reading? Uh, I think there's 21 verses in this. So just uh, when you come okay. to a, a stop, I will continue. All right. After this, I heard a, what sounded like a roar of a great multitude of heavenly or of he, in heaven shouting, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne. And they cried, Amen! Hallelujah! Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roaring of rushing waters and like the loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, Write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. At this I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Do not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. 
and he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many crowns. And he has a name written on him, which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them all with a rod of iron. He treads on them, winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in mid-heaven, Come assemble for the great feast of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of commanders, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those who sat on them, and the flesh of all people, both free and slaves and small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was seized with him, the false prophet, who performed the signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword, which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Oh, there's so much good stuff here, Jesse. So good, yes. <laughs> so not, not only do we have the uh, the wedding, uh, but we have the Armageddon. Mm-hmm. It's going to be well, a good conversation today. I think so. I think so. All right. So after I heard... Something like a voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation, glory, and the power belongs to our God. Let's just start right there. Yeah, it's interesting. In this passage, there's actually four hallelujahs proclaimed. Um, and it's interesting who's proclaiming them. You know, first you have this roar of a great multitude. Now, that multitude, that word is used several other times in Revelations. Um, it, it can refer to a multitude of angelic hosts. It also was referred to a multitude of people that were under the throne of God, those in white robes. Um, so, you know, we're presuming it's a mixture of angels and um martyrs, people who have gone before and died on behalf of the gospel. And, um, you know, it's interesting what the hallelujahs proclaim. Um, proclamation is a very interesting 
Um, I don't necessarily want to call it a spiritual gift. A better word would be a spiritual right that um, we are able within um, God's will, as we know his will, to proclaim or declare. Proclaiming means that you are talking about um, the, the things that you know, God is about to do, declaring means that it's already done, considered done, even though it may not have happened yet. So you have all these series of proclamations within these these four hallelujahs. So the first one, the great multitude, they proclaim salvation and glory and power belong to God. And why? Because he's in his truth and his just judgments, he's condemned the great prostitute um, and avenged her blood on uh, for his servants. Then you have the second hallelujah, uh, which is that they proclaim that her smoke goes up forever and ever. So that's interesting in an eternal aspect to think about that. Um, that, you know, it's not like the city or these people or the earth or Babylon is just destroyed and then never thought of again, um, her smoke goes up forever and ever, you know, it will never be forgotten that God judged her adulteries. And in revelation 14, that's a, a reference back to revelation 14, uh, when when that happens and that's mentioned, and it's w- even worse, uh, the torment, it's in the presence of the Lord and of the angels. So not only are is there torment in this lake of fire and in this pit, but you're still seeing what could have been. Yeah. And that, that you know, that torment, I think back to that verse that they look upon him who, whom they have pierced, and they will mourn because of him. And, you know, that mourning, that torment is going to be observed, um, you know, in the presence of God and angelic hosts and the servants of God forever. Amen. Did you want to continue with the next two hallelujahs, Jesse, or should we just continue? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, so the next one is proclaimed by the 24 elders and the living cre- four living creatures which those beings are specifically before the throne of God. Mm-hmm. And what they declare is just a simple hallelujah, which is kind of interesting. And then there's one voice that comes and it's interesting. It says, then a voice came from the throne. So that has to be one of the four living creatures because they're before the throne of God. But I don't know, it's that line just really intrigues me because it says it came from the throne. The only one on the throne is the Lord, but sometimes his or his word has said that he allows us to reign with him. So is it one of the children sitting on his lap who proclaims this line? But it says, uh, praise our God, all you, his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. So a proclamation to praise God is then made. And then again, the great multitude declare 
Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready, fine linen, bright, clean, and was given to her to wear. Amen. All right. So just in this first verse, uh, the great multitude in heaven, again, I'm going to contend to you, uh, and it's actually pretty easily provable now that I've gone through the book and studied it multiple times. Um, you have the tribulation. Then we have right after the tribulation, look it up. It's in, you know, Matthew, it's in Thessalonians. It's, you know, uh, everywhere right after the tribulation is when we are gathered with him uh, in the clouds. So we're up here at this time, obviously, because we're preparing the bride. So the multitude is us with the angels and the other beings that are up there around God. Um, and it's we're saying, hallelujah, salvation, glory, power belong to our God. And what I, I just, I just love the word hallelujah. And I'll, it's one of a, uh, an old preacher that I had, and unfortunately he uh, had to move out of the area, but there was a, uh, one of the most dynamic preachers that I've ever sat under. Uh, and he really, really drove home the point to me how to say hallelujah. And it was always, and I just remember it. So hallelujah means praise be to God, essentially. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you look in the, in the Psalms, there's actually, I forget which Psalm it was off the top of my head, but it actually, particularly, it's a commandment to praise God by his name, Yah, right? Now, some people yeah. call him Yahweh, there's been Yeshua, uh, there's a lot of different names of God, a lot of different languages, a lot of different interpretations, but, you know, uh, but when, when he said this, it was Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like, you know, really, really putting it. And that it just always stood out to me. So uh, I tend to, when I get excited, I say it that way. <laughs> you know, that um, the hey, which is that with yah, you, you have three um, Hebrew letters. You've got the yod, you have the olive, and you have the, the hey. And that hey at the end, I could never do the gutturals for for this language, but literally it is. It's a guttural throat sound. It's kind of like this, like, <laughs> like I can yes. never do it. But it's like when you say it, it literally would be like, yeah, <laughs> like you know, you get this sound with it. Um, but that's part of the power with it, you know. So it is interesting. He was. I would agree from what I learned from my Hebrew professor, he was pronouncing it correctly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it just, it just seems more powerful as well. You know, yeah. it was really, really proclaiming. Uh, there's that word again. All right. <laughs> so glory and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and righteous for he has judged the great prostitute who was corrupt the earth with her sexual immorality and he has avenged the blood of his bond servants on her. So uh, obviously the last two chapters was uh, the fall of Babylon, which uh, is our estimation. That is the system 
that has been running the earth and mm -hmm. you know so all all these super powerful people right now you know they were judged <laughs> like you know they didn't even make it to armageddon the, or the system didn't i should say a lot of the kings of the earth still do make it to the end here uh they don't go past this chapter though no this and, is it and, this is the final 19 is the final chapter for them and what i love is that you know we really appreciate and now obviously we so uh, let me go back to the timelines um first of all i i want to get the wording correct uh and this is how i understand it if you disagree with me i i would be pleased to see uh your evidence to go against this um first of all everyone you know it, it's been programmed into us that the tribulation lasts seven years that's not what the bible says the bible basically says that the tribulation lasts 1240 days which is three and a half years now it is a seven year period and the additional 1,210 days, and then there's this little gap uh, between the mark of the beast and his coming, which the, you know, the sun was darkened, the moon goes blood red, that's when Jesus comes on the cloud. But that isn't, the tribulation is only the first part. The second part is the wrath of God. And people get mixed up with this whole thing with the seven-year period because of the terminologies used. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm telling you, we'd have to spend some hours together, but I'm telling you, I can prove without a doubt, in, at least in my mind, uh, that that is the way this thing unfolds. Yeah, I no, I agree with you, Jeff, on that. You know, that goes along with what I believe as well. So, yeah, uh, just just compare uh, Matthew 24 with the book of Revelation and with uh Thessalonians chapter four. Like, honestly, it just lines up perfect, perfect, perfect. There's, there's no mistaking of it. And of course it relates mm -hmm. exactly with, uh, with Daniel as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So where are we here? And the second time they said, hallelujah. Her <laughs> smoke rises forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sits on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. So amen, let it be so essentially and praise God. Let it be so praise God. Yeah. And the 24 elders, we've seen them uh, appear a couple times here. In Revelation, they're always in the throne room. Uh, you know, they basically stand up, they praise God, they sit down, they kneel, they stand up, they praise God. Like, and, and by the way, they're happy to do this because they are in the throne room. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even Absolutely imagine. Absolutely, let time. It's a time of celebration. You know, victory. You know, I, I, I have a hard time uh, because there's no words for the spirit, but uh, I'll just give you an example. Uh, you know, first of all, I, I've always, you know, used to, I've given it all up now, but I used to go, like to go to NFL games, for instance. 
And, you know, there's that excitement when your team scores the touchdown and you're jumping up and you're high five and the guy next to you or the girl next to you, or, you know, or it could be at your famous, your favorite rock band's concert or musician. And they play that one song that just gets you going. And, you know, you're so excited to be there and, and in the presence of those who are doing great things on the earth. Well, how much greater is it to be in the presence of God? Like, you know, yeah. there's just not words. Right. But that's the only way because it just when you read it, it's like it's just so repetitive that you know the stand up, sit down, say this again. But you know, um, if if you're at an NFL game and your team scores, you know, seven touchdowns in a row, you're excited for each one of those, you know. Yeah. I think uh, about all the things they've witnessed, you know, everything that's gone on through the biblical days, and there's been this accumulation of you know, excitement and this patient waiting, you know, that they've had to wait for the Lord to step forward and, and for his justice, his righteousness to finally come. And this is the moment, like the moment it happens and they're declaring it ahead of time saying, here we go. You know, this is it. This is the last, the last jog around the block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, this is good. And now, so Jesse, I'm going to throw out some speculation here. And I liked your speculation as well. Uh, And a voice came from the throne saying, give praise to our God, all you, his bond servants who fear him, the small and the great. So it came from the throne. Right. That's the key. Yeah. And listen, it, it, it could be Jesse sitting on Papa's lap, right? You know? Or it could be Jesus. Well, it could be because it says, give praise to our God, which he always glorified the Father. Right. I'm just going to throw something out here because there's no other real things in here. Could it be the Holy Spirit? It could be the Holy Spirit. That's just speculation, folks. Uh you know, yeah. uh, I'm curious what you think. Put in in the chat, uh, because we're doing this live, uh, put in the chat who you think that voice coming from the throne of God is. What's God, what discernment, what is he placing in your heart? There's no right or wrong answers because we don't know for sure. Right. But I'm very curious. It is very interesting. Yeah, you, you just got to ask, who is that voice? That cries out, you know. All right. Well, let's see. Brad here says, I think it's the sun. Quite like a couple with the sun. Okay. Let me see who else we got here. Yeah, we've got Jesus. Oh, and here's one. Let's see. Mindy says, I've never considered the Holy Spirit. I've always read and thought it was God himself speaking there. Well, the Holy Spirit is God himself. So it's just a viable theory. Look, uh, in a twinkling of an eye, all these things are going to make sense to us. Yeah. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude and the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty peals of thunder saying, Hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. <laughs> so I guess that, that's us again, Jesse, I believe. But it adds, you know, it adds the 
What's interesting is this, you know, in the Old Testament, when it talked about the voice of God speaking, you know, it, it would be accompanied with peals of thunder and, and the sound water. of rushing water. So it's interesting that it's no longer just the people, but that there's these attributes of God's voice added to it. So perhaps it's that voice from the throne again coming through. Mm-hmm. I would say that is most likely the uh, scenario. Right. Very interesting. And, uh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, Holy Spirit or all of us. I like it. (laughs) Which the Holy Spirit was both. You know, you've got the Holy Spirit was often represented with the water. And then you've got the seven spirits of God before the throne, which are represented as fire or tongues of fire. So, um it's interesting you just see the voice of God being represented there. Yeah, and uh, Pastor Joe says he thinks it's the sun. By the way, Pastor Joe, great job last night. Yes. Uh, really, really great job last night. And by the way, I loved your reaction when uh, Jesse and I did the thing at the end. He wrote, <laughs> which I think he nailed it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we were saying when we taped. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> wonderful job. Yes. Very encouraging. It was a great, I encourage if people haven't heard that one, Joe, so far, your sermons just keep getting better and better. That was my favorite so far. So, uh, you know what? And honestly, it's, it's, it's so relatable uh, the way Joe teaches and the humility. Um, I think he's just perfect for, for, uh, for our community. So uh, absolutely. Joe, you got the gig, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, it's uh, it, yeah, really. I, I love the teaching, and it's uh, and it's and, and there's so much application in it, as far as I can tell. So, uh, yeah. we we have high words for your discernment to what you and for your obedience and listening to the Lord Jesus and having the Holy Spirit minister through you, Joe. Uh, anyways. We'll, we'll keep on track here. Go back and listen to that. And by the way, every Saturday night, we have the Saturday night sermons with Pastor Joe. And right after that is our prayer meeting. And uh, when the if you really want, to, you know, this stuff to end, if you want, uh, you know, evil to be delivered into the Lord's hands and stuff like that, if you want to have some control of the timing, this is what God has called you to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, this is what God has called you to do. And, uh, you know, I believe that, you know, God's rooting for us to get together and pray and uh, to walk in his authority because that's what he created us for after all in his image. All right. Let's rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him because the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has prepared herself. So, Listen, again, we're in chronological order here. Uh, The first 11 books are in chronological order of the book of Revelation. And then the next uh, from 12 to 21 are in, uh, in, or 12 to 22 rather, are in the chronological order again. So right after Babylon falls, 
we're all up there and having party and giving thanks and praise to God and everything else. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you've been prepared. And by the way, so I think we've been up there preparing for about three and a half, three years, three and a half years. Right. Okay. So probably catching up on all the heavenly things, getting, fig getting things figured out, you know, uh, understanding what God has called you to do in your spiritual body. He's probably already given us tasks to do uh, because God is working and make no mistake. You're not sitting on a cloud playing the harp. All right. And, and boring each other with your testimonies forever. Uh, like that That's not what heaven is. You're working up there. Uh, but in this case, we've been preparing ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, but the timing is right then. So uh, when, when we're in heaven with God, we see Babylon fall. Okay, let's start heading towards the banquet room. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's about it. You know, it's interesting because so many, you know, Old Testament, you'd have that concept of, of a war. And as soon as the war was done, there was a major feast or, you know, the victory feast, they would call it. Yeah. And this one is the wedding. And and what's what's so interesting uh, to me, Jesse, is, you know, and, and we, we're not going to go there, but just as just as a brief mention, how the enemy tries to duplicate all this stuff mm -hmm. because he has his own little marriage ceremonies, uh, quite the opposite of what this one is. <laughs> yeah, very much. So quite the opposite. And, you know, I, what was the name of the episode we did that, you know, going back, it was about that proclamation, the decree that God made about the bride, that the bride shall know her price. And, you know, when oh, we talk yeah. about the difference between the marriage ceremonies, you know, I share in that episode about friends of mine that literally got to experience like a living example of, of what, you know, the groom is going through in order to get his bride. And a missionary friend of mine, you know, shared that, that him and his um, bride-to-be were both working in Uganda. They had separate tribes that they were under. Uh, there were actually four or five tribes that were warring with each other. And, um, you know, they fell in love. One was kind of worked on the medical side. The other was the only veterinary veterinarian in the area. And so um, when Waffle, that was the guy, wanted to go and ask for Val's hand in marriage, he had to go petition the uh, tribe chief for her hand in marriage. And uh, as he did, you know, the chief set this price, which was ridiculous. It was like 200 cows, which in their country, you know, like 10 or 20 cows is like a whole year's wage. So imagine like, it, you know, like, well, you can have the bride, but it's going to cost you 200 cows, you know? So Thankfully, he had churches and others who came alongside, you know, so it wasn't a very long, drawn-out process. But the day he came with the 200 heads of cows, the chief came out and had to inspect each one and make sure that they were all worthy of the bride's price. And then, you know, 
Waffle, who came with his tribe, he came with over 500 warriors, these tall, dark men who were jumping up and down with their spears, hooting, hollering. And they, you know, once they were given the command, they started just going through all the huts, pulling out all the women, looking for the white one, you know. And so it's interesting that, you know, at the end, Waffle said, you know, after all of that, he said, do you think that I wasn't going to come for my bride? And he says, you know, don't ever forget, you know, Jesus, he paid the ultimate price. He paid with his blood. You know, there, there's no way he's not coming back for you. That's and right. so I encourage people to go back and watch that episode because it's so vital. You know, if God's gone to all this extent, all of heaven has prepared for a feast. And, you know, who's going to be the centerpiece at the feast? Who is it for? It's for the groom and the bride. You know, actually, there's no way. I actually think not. the name of the episode was the proclamation or something like that as well. Uh, probably about 100 episodes yeah. ago. The bride shall know her price, I think. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, probably it's so it's on Podbean and it would also be on Odyssey as well. Actually, I got to start including the link to Odyssey because some people prefer the video. Uh, but you need to go on Podbean, people. I'm telling you, there's a lot of good stuff happening on Podbean. Uh, stuff that's not going to be happening on the video channels. So uh, you yeah. do want to join. All right, let, let us continue. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Now that has always kind of dazzled me. To clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Now you were reading out of the King James, was it today, Jesse? Nope, uh, NIV today. Oh, the NIV. Just give yeah. me the translation because I'm reading out of the American Standard. What what does yours say for verse 8? Yeah, again, uh, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. And when you think about it, it's the undergarment. Like the linen was the undergarment that would be worn and we know scripture tells us that the Lord in Ezekiel, he describes that he made the, the wedding dress, he embroidered it, he adorned it, basically, is how it puts it. He adorns the wedding dress. So this is the undergarment that is worn, is that righteousness. You know, when we go back to before the fall in the garden and we talked about uh, how they were clothed and they were essentially clothed in God's righteousness, right. uh, perhaps that's the same way. It's it's a spiritual cloth, again, that's put on us. Well, I guess it would be because we're spirit at this point. <laughs> so, right. you know, Double it's that, uh, that golden Actually, glow of God. I have to correct that. We are not fully spirit in this. We have to remember that we are transformed, you know, that it says in the blink of an eye that we are transformed and there is that transformation that happens with the spiritual and the physical body. They're not separated. We're not now 
we don't have complete loss of our physical body. You know, that was the whole purpose of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that he was the first fruit, um, you know, with that full transformation of the physical spiritual body. And his word says that we also will be transformed in that image um, with the immortal physical body. You know what? You're absolutely right. And I, I do accept that correction. I slipped on the words. You're abs 100% right. Uh, Jesus became the new Adam and became the new creation, the new God man uh, to make way for us to go to heaven. You're absolutely right. See, when we pray for immediate correction to come, see how the Lord just put it on her heart. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, that's an answer to prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Then he said to me, write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Then I fell at his feet and worshipped him. But he said to me, do not do that. I'm a fellow servant of yours and your brothers and sisters who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So again, this is an angel who's been showing him around uh, to John the Revelator, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, the angel's telling him, and, and when and the angel says this, John wants to bow down and worship him because, you know, he's overwhelmed by this. Obviously, think of your, think of him, you know, sitting on the island of Patmos and getting all this revelation, seeing all these beautiful things. And so he just want, he went, and the angel said, no, 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 not me. I'm, I'm with you. Right. We together worship God. That's right. There's that, you know, the church doesn't talk about that a lot about the, you know, we kind of see our angelic brethren as kind of something set apart from us, you know, when in fact, together, we are the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, they just already made their decision they they had to make their decision at the fall you know were they going to follow lucifer or you know were they going to remain faithful so well and you know so just just touching or expanding on that uh this sounds cruel it sounds hard but honestly if you're not following jesus and if you've not accepted jesus you are following lucifer Mm -hmm. that there is a line in the sand drawn um you know going to buddha isn't going to get you into the gates you know that's that's false that's the lie that's coming um you know all religions all every way as a way no jesus says i am the way right there's no other there's only one gatekeeper <clears throat> one shepherd right. at the gate and if the sheep want to come in you have to pass through that gate. Amen. The coming of Christ. And I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse. By the way, I know a book that's named that really good book <laughs> by, by Cisco, uh, obviously. Uh, and I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire. 
and on his head are many crowns, and he has his name written on him, which no one knows except for himself. So yeah, there's just couple... so much power, sorry, power in these verses. You know, I get excited thinking about how much it's sharing about Jesus Christ, you know. And, and, you know, like when, when we actually read the texts and we take them literally, and, and I do take everything that's written in the Bible literally unless it's purposefully meant to be a parable, okay, mm -hmm. or to get you to look. But other than that, um, it's literal. And so one of the things is here, he comes on a white horse. How many times have you or I heard that Jesus' second coming is on the white horse. Yeah. It's not true. Times. Yeah. That's not true. His second coming is in the clouds when he picks us up. But it says on a white horse with the clouds, unless you're talking about the rapture. But see, this is where I say that when he comes on the white horse, that's the rapture. You know, that's when we go up to meet him. So that's why, you know, the pre-tribulation, that's where I get some of that. Okay, so so the, here's the difference. Um, Pre-tribbers are trying to connect this chapter here with Thessalonians 4. But if you compare the two together, there's nothing in common. The, these are completely different events. So before God pours out his wrath, if you compare that, the sun and the moon are darkened, you know, all these things happen and God, you know, comes in the clouds and we're joined with him in the clouds. Um, you read those side by side, they line up perfectly where, you know, I think everyone agrees Thessalonians 4 is kind of like the rapture chapter, right? Uh, rapture chapter, but it does not line up with this. This is a second event. Uh, we have already been gathered. We are not left here for God's judgment. The tribulation ends when the sun and the moon are darkened and Jesus comes in the clouds. This is him coming again, except this time we're not going up and joining with him. We're coming down with him. And listen, uh, we, we can debate this, but I would ask you to reread, compare those chapters, have them all set out before you, and you'll see. <clears throat> yeah, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And listen, yeah, we'll I, see what people what people feel and what others come to conclude from that study. That'll be interesting discussion. Yeah, lay them out side by side as I did. Uh, I'm telling mm -hmm. you, it becomes very, very clear. And again, the consecutive order. Um, we've just uh, unfortunately, and look, I've probably said that Jesus is coming in the clouds a second time on a horse and stuff like that because I've heard it so many times. Just right. like, just like the the tribulation is seven years, the Bible does not say the tribulation is seven years. Point it out, prove me wrong. It doesn't say it. It says that there is a seven year period, right. but it clearly says the tribulation, the, the end of the tribulation, yeah. is when the sun is darkened and the moon goes blood red, and that's when Jesus comes on the cloud, and then the wrath of God is poured out. And there's no way that God is letting us go through the wrath of God because he loves us. 
like that, that's an angry father. That's a judgment. That's a, that's a, like it's killing. Uh, God didn't come here to kill his sons and daughters. Right. <laughs> he did not. His judgments are against the wickedness, against those who partake in the wickedness and the ungodliness. So that's right. That's right. And, and listen, I, I'm beating up these points because I really, really uh, believe that God has put it on my heart that none of the elect will be fooled. We have to know exactly what to expect. What his word Look, says, yeah. If we're coming into these days and I'm only going by his words, uh, by what's written down and a study of it. Um, you know, the pre-trib doctrine, it just, it does not make sense at all. Right. It doesn't. Uh, that's escapism and, uh, and people are not going to be ready because we go through the tribulation. There's some rough stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, famines, war, you know, there's some rough stuff. God yeah, provides yeah. for us, though. After the deeper study, too, of all these scriptures, you know, th that was the same conclusion I had to come to, is that, um, you know, that we do go through some of these rougher periods, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, that it tends more towards a post-tribulation or uh, post-rapture versus um you know the pre uh rapture so so here's what we're we'll do jesse uh and just to, as a as, as a service after we finish the book of revelation so probably going into the new year why don't we do that study together on just the timelines and let me reinforce my points with a ton of scriptures right Lay that would out. be great. It would be great to lay it out so people can see that that sounds like an excellent study. Yeah. And, and by the way, what it will be, it'll just bring the book of revelation and, uh, and all these things spoken of, uh, into just a, a great picture, uh, for everyone to really get into your heart so we can face what's coming and know how to navigate it. Right. All right. So his eyes are flame of fire and on his head are many crowns and he has his name written on him, which no one knows except himself. I just wanted to read that again because I love his eyes are flame of fire and love the description again, not weeping Jesus on the cross. Okay. Nope. That, 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 that's our God and what he did for us and what the father sent his son to do for us, which, you know, is just as hard on the father, I contend, as it was on the son doing it physically. Uh, because, you know, who wouldn't do that? Who would let their kid do this? You'd do it for if you could yourself. But mm -hmm. um, but he has his name that no one knows except for himself. That's a really interesting thing. Uh, but he is clothed with a white robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. Oh, let's just stop there. Yeah. So his name is called the word of God. Um, so that's his name. That's the word of God. But it's not the leather. It's not the paper. It's the words on the paper. And 
when it's spoke in the singular, the word of God, that encapsulates from the first word to the last word. Mm -hmm. That is the word of God. And that is our Lord. And it's a living word. Those words on the pages are supernaturally alive. Well, and we can bring up the point too, that when we think about, you know, that word, the breath, um, you know, I've talked about the throne room of God that literally it's like fire, you know, there's, it's like the breath language is, is fire. It's the closest way to describe it. And so you have this living fire going out and, you know, what is that fire? It's the glory of God the radiance of his glory that is constantly speaking forth this voice, you know, it's a, it's a hard imagery to describe, but so powerful. (laughs) It's so powerful. And yeah, there's not the, our language is so limited. Um, It's going to be so much better than even what we read because we just can't understand. It's like, you know, uh, uh, a caterpillar doesn't understand the beautiful butterfly that it's going to become, yeah. right? Um, it just knows it has to do its part as a caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And uh, and so his word gives us instructions on what our part is to do. And, uh, and we're supposed to call and fight, you know, have dominion, use his, use his authority. All right. And the armies which are in heaven clothed in fine linen, linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. So I just love the imagery here, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to battle with the Lord. We're following him. We've got our white horses. He's at the front of the pack, right? He's got his sword. He's got his flaming eyes. And he puts us in, you know, the finest linen. Like... You know, the, the other side has probably got some armor. You know, they're, they're going to be some <laughs> tanks and stuff like that. We get like to that. go and, in our undergarments, Jeff. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> but and they're clean. Like, dressed up. Hey, listen, stay in your wedding clothes. Like, you know, let's... And, and <laughs> There's just no words for some of these things. But the Lord's got a plan. His plan is perfect. We're not mocking it or making no. fun of it, but it's just when you really think about the literalness of this, it gets very interesting. Well, Why I, does he have I, us go out to war without our armor in our linens? And, and so it's not mock. In fact, I think if anything, it's just showing that there's no contest in power. Right. As you st- start it opened up with Jesse, and it was such a profound point they don't even make it near the heavens. It's finished on earth. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So let, let's 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 do it right here. Um, because here is the battle of Armageddon. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is the battle. And in this big, massive battle at the end of the world, let's see how much God has to say about it. From his mouth comes a sharp sword. So, and his word is a two-edged sword, right? From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. So just just like that's it. He opens his mouth and bang, they're gone. 
<laughs> I, don't, I mean, I mean, these final moments of the enemy, you know, we know that he he's still going to get thrown into the pit, but this is where he's taken captive, you know, and, and he watches as his entire army is destroyed in front of him and his generals, you know, taken captive and, and or his human generals, you know, completely, utterly destroyed in front of his face. And, you know, I, I just can't. I often think of like the battle, the closest to it would be with Goliath and David, you know, where Goliath was like, am I a dog? You know, that you come at me with a stick, you send a boy to me with a slingshot, you know, instead of a mighty warrior, he's kind of got that mocking going on. Like, this is ridiculous. Can this get any more ridiculous? So, you know, I, I, I mean, even though the enemy knows the playbook, still his face when he sees it happen, like really God, you're sending out your saints without any armor in their linens. And, you know, <laughs> that's a good one. Joe. <laughs> so, so again, the battle at the end of the earth, God gives one verse for it. It's <laughs> like, eh, I'm going to open my mouth with a sword. You're done. Yeah, the it. double-edged sword. That's it. And, you know, there's so many movies, you know, about Armageddon and stuff like that and the way the world wants to see it, and it's usually against aliens or something like that. But, you know, the massive armies of the world, and literally this is all the armies of the world have gathered in this one place to fight this final battle, and all they did was, you know, make it easy so that God doesn't have to, you know, they, they just go into one place. Okay, here, <laughs> bang, swat. That's it, done. Yeah, that breath, it's like that fog rolling out on the field. And I mean, these guys are going to be standing there and it's going to just proceed from his mouth and just go over the multitude. And then it returns to him and gets whoever didn't go down the first time as he brings it back to himself. And I mean, just that imagery, you know, it's like with a breath that they're slain. Well, if you think about it, if all life comes from the Lord and every atom and every atom, like even in your furniture and your clothes, everything is held together by the power of God. So all he has to do is remove that. No, there's no life anymore. That's it. And they become dead flesh for the birds of the air. Uh, By the way, just what I find interesting here, uh, because obviously we're going into the the new millennium after this, Mm -hmm. but it's the armies of the nations and the kings of the earth that have gathered for Armageddon. And when we go through the tribulation and the wrath of God, a lot of the earth has been wiped out. There's no doubt about it, but there's still people on earth. So this is the armies. It doesn't mean that every single person on earth is dead at this point in time, because I I believe, and you know, I'm, I'm open to some other opinions on this. But I believe that there are some people that survive the tribulation and the, the wrath of God and in their human form will go into the millennial reign of God. 
That is a it is a theory that's out there. Um, you know, we we've got a couple things going on. The Lord first says that He's going to destroy the whole earth by fire, and so that's what we see. That breath that proceeds out of His mouth, that's His fire, His wrath going forth, and it's utter destruction. You know, when you start to bring in to this um, passage and compare it with some of the other. Old Testament passages that talk about the day of God's wrath, the day of the Lord, um, and start to compare those, they all kind of give way that there's an utter destruction, that nothing is left, that the entire earth and everything on it is consumed um, and destroyed by this fire. Uh, just like even the flood was a precursor to this with the flood, everything but eight you know, eight people were destroyed and that was because they were the only ones who got on the ark. But when we go but, back to the bold judgments and everything, Jesse, it's like a third of the forests were burnt up. You know, all right. the cities were smashed. Um, uh, the wa world's water supply gets turned into blood and poisoned. Right. Uh, but it doesn't actually say that the entire earth goes into a ball of flames, at least not that I've seen. Well, completely destroyed, but it's not the fire or the flame. But if you read it, like that's the imagery that's used that I'm bringing out. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and then it says he, with the breath of his mouth, he destroys everything. But then the new cities brought down. So as we start to look at the other things, there are some questions with, the, with that theory. You know, is it, you know, let me think how to put this. With the millennial, you have individuals where it says Satan is bound for a certain time and then released again for a certain time. And, you know, that there's a decision that those who don't know the Lord have to make at that point. So the question is, who are those who don't know the Lord? Is it, you know, those who've been murdered or those who were too young, those who didn't get a chance before their death came, or is it those who have come out of that tribulation, um, you know, who don't know the Lord, who've made it pass? So that was where I was going with that, that there's a plausibility to your theory, because mm -hmm. we have to question who are those in the millennial that Satan is allowed released one last time to attempt to turn away from the Lord. Well, you know, so one of the clues is right here where it says, and he will rule them with the rod of iron as he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God. So in the new millennium, uh, so we already know from the previous chapters that the kingdom of God has come. Uh, the, it was the proclamation, the battle was uh, already finished, even though Armageddon hadn't happened yet, but it, it was just a foregone conclusion. And so... Who's in charge? Well, it's the Lord is in charge of this heaven that comes down for the thousand-year reign. Uh, and what are the laws going to be? Well, if you go back and look at the laws in the Old Testament, I don't think we're going to be doing animal sacrifice and stuff like that, as so we don't have to anymore. Uh, but His laws are His laws. So if you know if you get caught stealing, and and so because we have made it through as the new. God, man, creature, and this is my speculation, my understanding. I want to be clear on that. 
I don't think we're going to be stealing or anything like that, but there's going to be people there that we rule over because if we're called to rule and reign with Christ in the new millennium, who are we ruling over? There has to be people left. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it, <laughs> well, we'll leave it. People can put your opinions if you've got sources or things that, you know, give an idea or give a better explanation. Please share those. Yeah, that's right. And uh, look, it's it just, uh, I've been spending a lot of time in this and I've been taking this study pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. So I come with some conviction in what I say, but I, you know, there's certainly, I'm not a Bible scholar, uh, and I'm certainly open uh, to the Word of God uh, correcting me. Well, you know, but at the same time, scholars are not absolutely right either, so. No, they repeat a lot of the stuff that we've always heard, you know, like the tribulation seven years. I've heard that some of the greatest minds in Christianity say that. Right. And that's not what the word of God says. Tell me where it says the tribulation is seven years. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it. Right. <laughs> and on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I just love how God's word even puts that in all caps. <laughs> you know, yeah, I do like too. <laughs> that, so that's a shout when, uh, in in our language, like if you really want to shout something, you put it in the, you know, if you're texting, you put it in capital letters, you're making a shout, right? Um, mm-hmm. So this is a shout. There is nothing above this, nothing above King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's right. Absolutely. You know, that became my favorite. Um, I guess, you know, as we have a relationship with God, we begin to develop terms of endearment you know, like you do in any relationship. And to me, my favorite term of endearment for him is Lord. And, you know, to me, that's, it's very significant because it represents, you know, who do I allow to have that sovereign control over my entire life? Yeah. Who do I submit myself to? You know, it's, it's my Lord, my savior. So I agree with that, Jesse, because when you when you say my Lord, it's very personal rather than just saying yeah. a king, because a king, you could be forced to worship. Let's quite honestly, with just with that title, there's that implication. Yeah. But when you take on Lord, it's no, no, no. I've made the decision. You are my Lord. Right. Exactly. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried out with a loud voice saying, to all the birds that fly in mid heaven, come assemble for the great feast of God. So now this is really making a mockery of the enemy, in, in my opinion, because you know it's like, hey, birds. By the way, um, you get the great feast of God too. And he's talking to the buzzards and the you know the meat eating birds. You might say, yeah. This gets into a great question for me. Um, you know, the the spirits, because they're the majority of the uh, fallen ones are are stuck in their spiritual form. It's not saying they can't take a physical form, but usually, like at these feasts or other things, you know, you don't really see the spirits 
consuming flesh. Like they'll do it through a human. They'll do it through somebody. They'll demand it. You know, they want this bloodbath, but they, you don't really see them consuming that flesh. And it's almost like this mockery God puts out there that even at this final battle that the enemy has led, you know, because his desire is to utterly destroy everybody and to do it as a mockery before God's face. And as he leads everybody onto this battlefield for destruction, you know, he doesn't even get to enjoy the consumption or delight in that blood. You know, the Lord lets the birds of the air do it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, and, and he calls what? it the great feast of God for the birds. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, so, you know, God even loves the birds, obviously. Uh, so that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of commanders. That's very interesting. I know that you have something to say about yeah. that, Jesse. Uh, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, both free and slaves, and small and great. Yep. God's given a number of generals that are allowed to come out. And uh, these are the ones, unfortunately, that the Lord put a cap on, on my request for generals. And these are the ones that will not turn their lives over to Christ and they will be destroyed. They will be. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. And again, I just notice how it's always in the book of Revelation, those who took the mark and worshipped his image. Mm -hmm. So I really yeah. think that, you know... <laughs> It's more, it's not a trick. It's not like a hokey pokey going in. It's, it's, you're going to worship the image and you're going to accept and receive it. Like it's, you're making a mm -hmm. definitive choice here. And it well, might come down to being selfish. Like I, I want to eat. Well, no, I think there's a lot more to it. And we're going to get into that in some of our upcoming shows mm -hmm. about what is that image of the beast that they accept you know, if we go back to the beginning in Genesis, you know, it says that we were created in God's image and, you know, we were clothed with that. And so there's that aspect of that as you worship the image of the beast, there's that element of you are literally clothing yourself with this false or fake image that's not of God. Yeah. So, Jeff, the things we've been studying, the things we're going to break down about, you know, the immortal stone, all of that is connected with that image of the false image of the beast. Yeah. Amen. We're going to we're going to get it out there. And uh, it's a lot of a lot of homework that I have to catch up with Jesse so I can at least add to the conversation. You're doing uh, excellent, though, Jeff. Well, you <laughs> You're a quick me, study. <laughs> you give me the right things. Well, listen, I, it's not on my own intelligence. I just pray. Yeah, you know, that's what God, I do too. God, what do you want me to see out of this? And it's usually something that I can add to the conversation. Um, mm -hmm. Not that I lead it because I don't have the experience or anything like that. But uh, 
I pray for revelation and God gives it. That's right. Amen. That's exactly what we do. And the rest were killed with the sword, which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. <laughs> Just as I, I, sorry, I don't mean to laugh there, but it's like that dodo birds that can't fly away. Well, it's just, when you think about it, like, you know, there's so much, oh, Armageddon, you know, the battle, the end. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, to God, it's like, it's not, there's no, <laughs> there's no power that even comes a, a thousandth or a ten thousandth or a millionth mm -hmm. of, of what he has you know what he's capable of it's just wow yeah so good <laughs> well the next couple so chapters get really really good so hey before yes. we before we go uh make sure you gotta hit the like button i'm gonna ask you to do that and also um i want you if you have not subscribed to podbean Go to writeonradio.podbean.com. And by the way, I've updated the website and all of our links. So if you want to link to Jesse's website, if you want to link to Telegram, uh, if you want to sign up, um, you know, there's, by the way, so I clarified, uh, people have asked if they can get notifications uh, when our episodes come out. And essentially the way it works is if you signed up for the SOS Army, then you get notifications from Podbean when an episode goes out, okay? So if you want notifications when episodes go out, and by the way, we're going to be doing more and more, doing some lives on Podbean that will not be on uh, the video channels. They're just going to be on Podbean exclusively. Uh, so you do want to make sure that you're signed up and... Uh, and also just uh, have that subscription. It's best to down download the app and have it. Even if you're a video person, uh, it's still really good to, to be there because if we ever disappear from here, you'll know where we went uh, really, really quick uh, from there. Uh, but sign up and we don't spam you. We don't send out very many uh, like newsletters or anything. We're not. That's not what we're about. But you will find out when the episodes come out. Uh, the one caveat is, for instance, on Sunday when we do this, uh, what happens is we record these episodes and then I download the audio file and I upload it to Podbean. So Podbean is not live. Uh, it usually goes live at about 12 noon Eastern time. Mm -hmm. So anything to add, Jesse? Again, please press that like button. And then... You know, I think it's important as we go through this book of Revelations to, you know, remember that his word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we need to be in the word every day, but we also need to remember to share, share what we're reading, share what we're hearing the Lord speaking to us, because this is what is going to draw men and women in the last days who don't know the Lord and our desire really is that everybody gets saved. You know, I don't wish this scene that we would talk through today on even my worst enemies. No. Um, you know, and that that thought of eternal torment. And, you know, when you've lived through the hell that, uh, you know, these people have put you through. And then to know that that's not the worst, 
you know, even the worst of their worst is nothing in comparison to the wrath of God and that eternal separation from God. And, you know, there's one verse that um, always has deeply grieved my heart on behalf of these people. And it's when Jesus is on the cross and he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? And that's the end. That's what these people face for eternity. And, um, you know, if, if nothing grips your heart to start interceding and start witnessing and evangelizing, um, you know, just keep going back and reading that verse till it fully grips your heart because nothing else matters. You know, that if you love people, if you love others, you don't want to hear those words spoken over them. That's right. And and God doesn't want anyone to perish either. And, you know, uh, again, being in a lake of fire and being there still in the presence of God and always seeing that glory uh, and having no escape. Uh, that's a that's a tough deal. Uh, it's tough as it gets. No one should go there. So, well, I, I just love doing revelation so we're gonna we're gonna commit to that right jesse we'll do an encapsulation at the end and we'll we'll study it up Absolutely. and we'll compare the scriptures and we'll put out all of the evidence we shall okay. do it and yes. we'll we'll do it together um so listen uh tuesday and thursday so just so you know um uh, those are you who are new to the channel every tuesday every thursday we have shows at 7 p.m eastern standard time and then on Sunday, it's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, sometimes between then, we throw up bonus episodes, but they are truly kind of random, you know, when they, when they happen. Uh, and uh, every Saturday night now at 7 p.m., we've got the addition of the Saturday night sermons. So Tuesday, 7, Thursday at 7, Saturday at 7, uh, Saturday, 8 p.m. on Telegram is the Sing and Poor prayer celebration uh, on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, we have a Bible study and discussion for you. So we're, and we're working on getting even more and more content. And by, and if you missed the announcement, there's going to be some content again, pod being exclusive. We're going to have uh, uh, our military analyst on uh, with some really, really deep research. It's Intel that cannot go on the video platform. So yeah, uh, God bless. We, you know what? Jesse, we really, really love the people in this community. I, but can I say that for you as well? <laughs> I do. Yes, I really love them all. And and we have, God has given us together, and it isn't Jeff and Jesse creating this, to be honest. It's, it's your part is just as important in this as what Jesse and I do. There, there's no real glory in you know, having your face on YouTube or anything like that. Um, uh, we're the, it's, it's, it's our movement. It's our togetherness and your part is just as essential. That's why God has knitted you together with us. So we really, really do love you. We, and we have the best, best community here uh, on the internet. I know that I know that because I've looked at other communities and no one has as tight and, and as lockstep, Jesse, as we do. I would agree with that. 
So God has really, really blessed us. So listen, having said that, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.